Tov, everyone. Welcome to the Aliyah Day. It is great to be with you on this fifth day of the week as we're looking at the fifth portion of our double portion parasha. Parasha uh, Behar Bekukotai. Let me just fix this right quick. There we go. Evidently hit that. Sorry. And um, working towards completing the, the Sefer of Vaikra. The book of Vicar, right? That's coming up the end of this week when we when we come to the end of the reading tomorrow. Uh, well, on Shabbat, technically, um, we'll com- have completed another book of Torah, the third book of Torah, and we will be moving into uh, Bamid Bar and moving into the final book of Torah, or not the final book of Torah, I'm sorry, the fourth book of Torah, and then from there on into uh, Devarim. So it's very exciting to have that. So thank you for everybody who's watching, uh, people watching from coast to coast. I mentioned yesterday, I think, that I was wondering if anybody was watching from uh, Vermont. Turns out that we have a wonderful uh, person named Patricia who watches from Vermont every single day. So uh, that's wonderful. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Patricia, for making the Lapide shine in the great state of Vermont. I'm still looking for somebody in Maine. We have to be, we have to have our Maine person in Maine. Anybody, anybody out there in Maine? Somebody share this video with people in Maine, so we can have a uh, a mainline in uh, Maine. Brukashim. And so uh, that's wonderful. All right. So what else do we have going? Oh, the mikvah. Remember to text to give $54. $54, we're asking people to text to give $54 to the mikvah. Uh, Rebetzin and I had the pleasure of going out yesterday and um, uh, purchasing some deco. You know, you know we're, to, we're, the, we're to the deco phase now of the mikvah. So you say, well, you know, how's the mikvah coming? Well, that's where we are. We're at the deco phase. Uh, we are uh, purchasing plants, and uh, I, I, basically my role is to put the stuff in the cart. Rebetzina is picking it all out, but <laughs> she's she's picking out the plants and the and the pictures and the mirrors and the towels and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, it's just amazing. So we loaded up the van yesterday with all kinds of deco and. Uh, and, and I went over to the mikvah house yesterday, and uh, they are uh, just putting in the final little thing. It's kind of exciting. Can I just tell you this right quick? So <clears throat> in the women's mikvah, there's, there's going to be a linen closet. And that linen closet is uh, is between the two mikvot. So, um, but it's accessible only on the women's side. The men have their own linen closet, but the women have a much larger space. I know, it's not fair, but that's okay. Uh, anyway, so that linen closet has been just like an open passageway so that everybody can go back and forth between the two mikvahs and do their work. Well, yesterday I went over there to just see how things are happening, and that space has been closed in, it has been sheetrocked, and uh, it's you know gonna, about to be painted and all that kind of stuff. And that's exciting because that tells you how close we're getting. Now they've, they've, you know, there's that space has been closed in. So it's very exciting. A lot of great things happening, and uh, it's it's wonderful. So Todarabah for your giving fifty four dollars. Text to give fifty four dollars to the mikvah. It's going to be amazing. You are going to be blown away, Baruch Hashem. 
All right, so <clears throat> the um, book of uh, Vayikra, book of Leviticus, we are in uh, chapter 26. We're going to begin reading in verse 10. This is now Parasha Bekukotai. We, we have Behar Bekukotai as, uh, as a double portion. This is the fifth reading of the double portion, but we are now uh, into Parasha Bekukotai. Um, and so, chapter 26, beginning in verse 10, here is the reading. You will eat very old grain and remove the old to make way for the new. I will place my sanctuary among you, and my spirit will not reject you. This is, of course, a continuation of what Hashem is telling us about his promises to us. If, say if, if we obey his word. If we obey his word. Somebody, a wise person once said many years ago that if that um, if you're not getting something that the Bible has promised, it's probably because you're not doing something the Bible has commanded. It's just a, a reality check. Remember that the problem is always with us. It's never with God, nor is it with God's word. It's just, a, again, something to uh, help us keep uh, our, our, our minds balanced. Verse 12, verse 12, capitulo 26, para los Yehudim Sephardim. I will walk among you, and I will be God unto you, and you will be people unto me. I am Adonai your God, who took you out of the land of Egypt from being their slaves. I broke the staves of your oak, and I led you erect. Hashem has always reminded us that he's the one who brought us out of Mitzrayim. By the way, this is why in the Siddur, when we stand up to say the Amidah, it's why we have those verses talking about Hashem as our Redeemer, um, and verses that uh, speak about the Exodus and so on. It's considered obligatory that we bless God as our Savior and as our Redeemer prior to saying the Amidah. Isn't it interesting, by the way, you know, for people out there that, that are led to believe there won't be a divine Messiah, you'll, you'll find in Jewish literature and in the biblical um, literature that never does, well, let me put it differently. Every time that Hashem refers to a Redeemer or someone who's going to save us directly, not indirectly, but directly, it's always Himself. Hashem always says he's the redeemer, he's the savior, he's the one that takes us out. He never says, oh, I do this through uh, an emissary. In fact, and if you remember the Haggadah, that it says that Hashem didn't do it through an, an intermediary. He didn't do it through an angel. He didn't do it through an agent. He did it himself. And so as we read scripture, it always says, Hashem says, I'm the one who brought you out, not Moses. Moses didn't bring you out. I brought you out. So Hashem is the Redeemer, and that's why we say that when we stand up for the Amidah. It says, But if you will not listen to me and will not perform uh, all of these commandments, if you consider my de decrees loathsome, and if you begin, and if your being reject, if your being, I'm sorry, I read that incorrectly, pardon me. If your being rejects my ordinances, so as not to perform all of my commandments, so that you annul my covenant. So let's just spend a second looking at that, shall we? Because truth be told, at some point in our life, we've all been here, unfortunately. 
and there are friends and family members and acquaintances that we know that are presently here. Um, and let me just say that speaking to myself as well, as I pretty much, whenever I speak, I speak to myself, um, that it's real easy for us that are in, <clears throat> that we've accepted God's laws, that we've come to the reality of our eyes being opened. It's real easy to look at people who have not yet acquired that knowledge and to um, not be very sweet towards them. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, in a lot of ways, for me personally, some of the old theological things that, that I used to believe that I hear people say um, is, is like fingernails on a chalkboard, right? Um, as an aside, when people refer to my synagogue as a church, um, that's, that's definitely like metal on a chalkboard to my ears. But I, I should not be that way, nor should any of us. We should be compassionate. We should be understanding. And we should recognize that at one point we were there as well. And that's not always easy to do. I just just as a, as a point of musar, it's something for us all to work on. I think that we could all agree that that's something that we all need to work on. But going back to this statement, it says, <clears throat> um, if you consider my decrees loathsome, and if your being, that is your, if, if your innermost heart, yourself, rejects my, my commandments, my ordinances, it says here, that is, it goes on to say, so as not to perform my commandments. Now, it's interesting the way that the Torah worded this. It's very, very all-encompassing. Because people would say, well, I don't reject God's commandments. You know, it's remarkable to me. I teach a class, or I, I taught, a, I, I, well, before COVID, I was going down uh, once a week uh, with Menashe to teach um, you know, a class at the jail. And I very frequently, as part of my class, part of my discourse, mentioned Christian theology and how Christianity rejects the law of God, rejects the Torah. Um, and I find it remarkable that very often people who in the class who are Christians will object and say, well, we don't reject God's law. We don't reject the law of God. No, no, no. And we kind of work through that. And I say, well, that's very interesting. And as we work through it, I, you know, I say, well, okay, so so you eat kosher, you keep the Sabbath, you keep the festivals, you wear seat seat and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not aware of this. Of course, I know I know they don't, but I'm, I'm just helping them walk through it. And of, of course, they don't do any of that. But in their and I don't mean this disparagingly against the individual. This, this is not their fault, really. It's, it's the fault of man-made religion. But in the convoluted theological mind, if I accept one of God's laws, but I reject a dozen other, then I haven't rejected the law. That's the, in the man-made religion's convoluted theological mind. That's how it works. So if I, if I accept God's law that I shouldn't commit murder... 
but I reject his law about food, festivals, ceremonial things, um, whatever else that I like to, to reject, then, then I'm not a rejecter of God's law. I'm, I'm, I'm a keeper of God's law. Which actually, by the way, goes back to the spirit of, of Saul, King Saul. Remember? Because uh, King Saul said, look, I, no, I, I, kept, I kept God's law. I, 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 I took all the bad animals and killed them, and I killed all the bad people. Now, I did keep the good sheep and the good cattle and what have you, and the very best, but I did that you know, for the Lord, and, and by the way, I, I, I killed all the bad people, and I, I kept the king alive, but, but I did that for God, uh, you know. But in Saul's convoluted theological mind, keeping a part of the law was keeping the whole law. And so when you tell people, you know, Christianity rejects God's law, they're like, no, we don't. And, 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 but in fact, they do. So, so in order to clarify that, and so that God is not, so there's no mincing of words, Hashem made sure to say this in the Torah exactly like it's written here so that we would totally get it. What do I mean by that? Well, let's just read it right quick. Ve'im lo tishmeru li... Now, the reason I read that in Hebrew is because I wanted you to notice the three words that are used here. Mitzvotai, Bekukotai, and Mishpatai. Hashem is saying here, it's very significant. I just want to highlight this again. If you're if you considered my my decrees, my 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 hukotai, my my hukim, you my decrees loathsome, my mishpatai, my ordinances loathsome, and if you don't perform my my uh, mitzvotai, my commandments. So he's concluded all three aspects of the Torah in this one sentence. It's not limited to just a com- a, a, a commandment. He's considered. He's he's put in his 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 uh, mishpatim. He's put in his hukim, and he put in his mish, mish, uh, uh, mitzvot, mitz, uh, mitzvot. So all three elements, all three aspects of the Torah, the moral law, the civil law, the criminal law, the whole thing. And he said, if you reject all of that, then you have rejected the covenant. It's very important because a lot of people are like, well, I accept the, uh, the, the mitzvot, but I reject the hukot, the hukakim. I, I reject the mishpatim, but I accept the mitzvot. So there, I'm, I'm, I've got a 33% on the test, so I pass, right? <laughs> or I've got a 66% on the test. I, I pass, right? It's like, no, no. You have to have all three elements. You have to accept all three elements because God is echad. He doesn't detract from himself for our own personal convenience, or our own personal pleasure. That's what's important. Now, truth be told, again, going back to our own lives, there was a point in my life where I rejected all three of these things. There was a point in my life where I accepted one of them and rejected the other two. 
There was another phase where I accepted two of them and rejected one of them. And now I'm at a point in my life where I accept all three. Mazaltov. But the point is, is that we've all been there. It's a process. So we have to understand, that doesn't take away from the fact that we have to understand that a rejection of all three, is, or, or one, or some, is rejection of all. That's what we have to understand. You cannot, we're not allowed to accept some of God's word. So it says here, if we do this though, then I will do the same to you. So God is saying, listen, if you consider my decrees loathsome, if you reject my ordinances, if you fail to perform my commandments, then guess what? Tit for tat. I'm going to do the same thing for you. This is what the sages mean when they say that if you accept, if we make God's will our will, then he'll make uh, our will his will. Now, naturally, our will has to be moral. It has to be in, a, in accord with his will. But he'll give us our heart's desire, in other words. But as long as we reject him and act callously towards him, then he'll, guess what? Um, act callously towards, towards us. So it says, then I'll do the same to you. I will assign upon you panic. Can you just listen to this for a second? I, I just saw this word panic, and I immediately thought about our present situation. Everybody is running around just absolutely panicked. I will assign upon you panic, swelling legions, a burning fever, which causes eyes to long and souls to suffer. You'll sow your seed in vain, for your enemies will eat it. I will turn my attention against you. You will be struck down before your enemies. Those who hate you will subjugate you. You will flee with no one pursuing you. If despite this you do not heed me, then I shall punish you further. Seven ways for your sins. I will break the pride of your might. I will make your heaven like iron and your land like copper. Your strength will be spent in vain. Your land will not give its produce and the tree of the land will not give its fruit. If you behave casually with me and refuse to heed me, then I shall lay a further blow upon you seven ways like your sins. I will incite the wildlife of the field against you and will leave you bereft of your children, decimate your livestock and dismiss you, and your roads will become desolate. Uh, it's not a good idea to act casually towards God, like whatever he wants, whatever. Um, and, and a lot of us do that. A lot of us have done that. A lot of us are currently doing this. It says, if despite these you will not be chased towards me, and you will behave casually with me, then I too will behave towards you with casualness, and I will strike you, even I seven ways for your sins. I will bring upon you a sword, avenging the vengeance of the covenant. You will be gathered into your cities, and I will send a pestilence among you, and it will be delivered into the hands of your enemies. When I break for you the staff of, of bread, ten women will bake your bread in one oven, and they will bring back your bread by weight. You will eat and not be sated. If, despite this, you will not heed me and you will behave towards me with casualness, I will behave towards you with a fury of casualness. I will chasten you, even I, seven ways for your sins. You will eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters will, you will eat. I will destroy your lofty buildings, decimate your sun idols. I will cast your, 
your carcasses upon the carcass of your idols, and my spirit will reject you. I will lay your cities in, uh, in ruin, and I will make your sanctuaries desolate. Uh, we can see here that Hashem's uh, his punishment towards us is, is gradual. So it's, it's important, therefore, to pay attention. This is why the sages teach us that when something befalls us, even, even a, a seemingly minor illness, that we should ask Hashem if, 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 if something is wrong. If a minor inconvenience, you know, you're you're driving down the highway and and uh, you have a flat tire, God forbid. Uh, no, the devil didn't flatten your tire. You know, um, it's like I read a post the other day, by the way. Just as an aside, and somebody said, "I want to let the devil know that I, I'm still blessed." And I thought to myself, "Why are you praying to the devil?" You know, prayer means talking, right? That's talking to Hashem. Like when we pray, we're talking to him. Why are you praying to the devil? I want to let the devil know I'm blessed. Why are you praying to the devil? You're talking to a puppet. You're talking to an instrument of Hashem. You need to talk to the creator. Talk to Hashem. Don't, talk, don't, don't pray to the devil. But anyway, sometimes things happen. It's just mechanical. You know, the tire went out. It was a bad tire. And at the same time, the tire goes out, it's inconvenient. You should say, Hashem, is there something I'm, I, need to, I need to be working on? You know, it, it, it could be nothing. It could be just, it could be a great many things. It could be your tire went out. It could be that Hashem's testing your patience. It could be that, you know, you need to work on something. You never know. My point is simply that whatever we're doing, we should just take a pause and ask Hashem if, if, if something needs to be corrected in our life. That's, that's all. So it says, I will make the land desolate, and your foes will dwell upon it with desolation. Or, or excuse me, the foes will dwell upon it, and it will be desolate. And you, I will scatter among the nations. I will unsheathe the sword after you. Your land will be desolate, and your cities will be a ruin. Then the land will be appeased for its sabbaticals during the years of desolation, while you are in the land of your foes. Then the land will rest and, appease, and be appeased for its sabbaticals all the years of its of its destination will rest, whatever it did not rest during your sabbaticals when you dwell upon her. The survivors among you, I will bring weakness into their hearts and the land of their foes. The sound of rustling leaf will pursue them. They will flee as one flees the sword and they will fall but without a pursuer. They will stumble over one another as in flight from the sword, but there is no pursuer. You will not have the power to withstand your foes. You will become lost among the nations. The land of your foes will devour you because of their iniquity. Your remnant will be designated in the lands of your foes. And because of the iniquities of your forefathers are with them as well, they will disintegrate. Then they will confess their sins and the sins of their forefathers for the treachery which uh, they betrayed me. And also for having be behaved towards me with casualness. Notice, by the way, that all of this began as a discussion of the rejection of the mitzvahs, the, uh, the, the the decrees, and the ordinances of Hashem. Okay, that's how we start out this whole conversation. That's what, what led to all of this bad stuff. But I want to point out here that Hashem considers the rejection of His commandments, all three categories, as a rejection of Him. And this is another important point because... 
many people separate the two. They say, well, you know, I love God, but I'm against the law. I love Hashem and I love the Messiah, but I'm just, I just don't believe in the law of Moses. I really, really, really love God with my whole heart. I just don't think it's, I don't think we have to be worried about all those commandments these days. And this is why it's important to study the Torah, because in the Torah, Hashem makes no distinction between his commandments and himself. If you reject or if I reject the word of God, we reject God, period. You cannot say, I love God. You cannot say, I accept God, but I reject the the kosher laws. You cannot say, I love God and I love him with my whole heart. I believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because if you reject the Sabbath. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't reject the Sabbath. They didn't reject any of his laws. And therefore, if you say, I believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but you don't follow the path of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then you don't believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You believe in the God of Constantine, of, of, of whatever, but you don't, you know, Constantine and John Christosom. But you don't believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the reality. See, this is important because we have to look ourselves in the mirror and be honest with ourselves. The good news is, after all of this, Hashem is offering an opportunity for Teshuvah. That's another point I want to make about what we just read. Is that, listen, after all of this, when you make Teshuvah, and you stop rejecting me, And listen, there was a time in my life when I, I thoroughly loved God, or thought I did, and yet I rejected his commandments. I didn't know what I didn't know, and now, thank God I know, and to quote G.I. Joe, knowing is half the battle, but the fact of the matter is, is that uh, I didn't really love God. Because there was times, and by the way, you could I, I just got through saying I didn't know what I didn't know, but that's not really true. Because back in my early years of my marriage, you know, my wife, uh, we ate, we ate, um, you know, we didn't eat kosher. But as many of you know, I come from a Cajun, Cajun heritage, you know, so the first date that I took Rebetzin on was at Papado's. Um, but there was times early on in the marriage where Rebetzin was like, you know, I don't really think we should be eating, uh, all this stuff, you know? And my answer to her was, uh, be silent woman. That's what I said in love. <laughs> so there was an element and what I'm trying to say is sometimes we say, I didn't know what I didn't know. But the fact is we kind of know I was guilty of outright rejection of God's word. That's the one I'm trying to say. So anyway, I too will behave towards them with casualness, and I will bring them into the land of their enemies. Perhaps then their unfeeling heart will be humble, and they will again, and they will gain rather appeasement for their sins. I will remember my covenant with Jacob, and also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham. Will I remember? And I will remember the land. So, by the way, God has a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he has a covenant with the land. That's important to remember. 
It says, the land will be bereft of them, and it will be appeased for its sabbaticals, having become desolate of them. And they must gain appeasement for their iniquities, because they were revolted by my ordinances, and because their spirits rejected my decrees. Again, um, this is very uh, important as well, as we look at this in verse 43. Uh, because, I'm just making sure I have, uh, yes. The reason this is important, because Hashem says, because they revolt, they were revolted by my ordinances, and because their spirit rejected my decrees. It's interesting, because in this particular sense, Hashem points out two of the categories of mitzvot that most people have the most problem with. And that is the mishpatai and the hukotai. Okay, those are the, the like like the ceremonial civil laws and then those decrees that we don't really understand, such as the red heifer. And, by the way, kosher eating, which is also considered part of the hukotai because there's no seemingly rational reason for why we can eat a chicken but not a but not a rabbit. Okay. So this is interesting because when you talk to people that are generally uh, amiable towards receiving some of God's commandments, the ones that, that make sense to them, which, by the way, is such an arrogant way of looking at it. Like, I'm going to take the commandments that make sense to me as if we were God. But Hashem is pointing out here that, listen, you know, you might accept those, but you reject these two. I still reject you. That's the point. It says, but despite all of this, this is how merciful God is. Coming to a conclusion here. We have lots more to share, but we're just running out of time. But anyway, it says, But despite all of this, while they will be in the land of the enemies, I will not have revolted, been revolted by them, nor will I have rejected them to obliterate them, to annul my covenant with them. For I am not an either God. I will remember them, or excuse me, remember for them the covenant of the ancients, those who have taken out of the land of Egypt before the eyes of the nations to be God unto them. I am not an either. These are the decrees, the ordinances, the teachings that Adonai gave between himself and the children of Israel at Mount Sinai through Moses. End of our Aliyah today. We are out of time, but never out of content. We will be back tomorrow for the final reading of Behar Bekukotai. Until then, have an amazing, wonderful, and, and, and uh, just glorious day. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. And uh, wonderful. So be happy, be joyful. Don't don't forget to please uh, uh, like the video and share it. I haven't said that in a while. Please like it. Please share it with all your friends and family, especially people in Maine. Somebody find a Lapidnik in Maine. I want somebody in Maine, please. And be sure and uh, text to give $54 to the uh, Mikva fund. Let's, let's do that. All of us together be fantastic. Shalom and Alekum and blessing, everyone.